I'm fucking infamous. I'm one of the most notorious slashers in history, and I don't want to give that up. I am Chucky, the killer dog, and I dig it! Good afternoon, dear listeners. You are tuned in to CJSR FM 88.5, and this is Moving Radio. I'm your host, Christian Zip, and join me, won't you please, for the next one half an hour as we take a look at local Canadian and independent cinema. Coming up on this episode of Moving Radio, I have an interview with Steve Hoover. That's right, it's part two of my interview with him. He's the director of the documentary. It's called Blood Brother. It follows Rocky Bratt, a young man from a fractured family and a troubled past who travels to India to help out children who are HIV positive living in an orphanage. We talk with Steve about the film and Rocky, and also it's an important screening because it happens on this Sunday at the Metro Cinema, and all tickets are $10. Not only is it a fundraiser for Global Vision's film festival, it is also a fundraiser for HIV Edmonton, so many good reasons to go check this film out at its one-time-only screening, Sunday at 6.45. As well, I speak to Connie Massing, who's teaching a class about screenwriting at FAVA. That's right, it's the Film and Video Arts Society of Alberta. So we talk about screenwriting and a little bit about her connection to FAVA on top of that. And as well, of course, because, you know, December's coming up, it's the beginning of the month. You know what that always means? We have a conversation with our good friend Kevin Martin from the lobby about the latest Dead Fest screening. It's going to be a 35mm print of Child's Play. That's right. That's right. Lock up your good buddies because Chucky's coming to play this December 8th at the Metro Cinema as part of Dead Fest. So we got a little bit of documentary, a little bit of screenwriting, and a little bit of old school horror. It's all on this week's edition of Moving Radio with me, your host, Christian Zip on the phone with Steve Hoover and we're discussing the film Blood Brothers screening Sunday December 1st at the Metro Cinema it's a one time screening and a fundraiser for Global Visions Film Festival through your travels and your journeys with this film in promoting it and uh, seeing people at screenings that you must find that there is some sort of a parallel for people that, that see it uh, and some kind of you know connection between maybe some things that are happening within North America and India as well, even though they are completely different uh, places. What what are some of the experiences you've had from people that have seen the film and what they kind of drawn as like how that has touched their lives and, and what it means to them uh, experiencing maybe either being HIV positive or having to deal with that here in North America? It's been pretty amazing watching reactions to the film. I mean, it, it's really unpredictable how people will respond. Um, and I didn't have a you know specific... Uh, response that I wanted people to have other than, uh, you know, I had hoped people would be moved by the demonstration of love that I feel like the film shows, but I didn't want to necessarily give people a specific call to action or do this or go do that because I I understood like through through the film, through the experience, I was finding it brought people to a vulnerable place and, and, you know, it a lot of times when people get to that place, they want somebody to tell them what to do. They want direction. And, you know, I feel like that's a lot of responsibility to just uh, assume the role of, of knowing what's best for each individual person to do in that time. Um, so I, I always hope that people kind of figure out something for themselves that they would do it. Some people, 
develop a passion or an in, a deeper interest in AIDS. Some people want to know how they can help these specific kids or how they can help other people, you know, suffering with HIV AIDS. I, I've connected with people. I got personal message from people who, um, you know, a girl recently sent me a message saying that her uh, mother died uh, from being HIV positive, that her mother was someone who cared for people in, in America who were HIV positive. So she had been active uh, in AIDS for a long time. And so the, the, the film really helped her, I guess, just emotionally get reconnected with the fight. You know, so it, it, it's interesting seeing the different reactions that people have. It's, you know, but a, a lot of it tends to be positive where, where people want to do something positive, whether to help someone locally or, or elsewhere, seems to get people thinking about, you know, just love and loving people and, and trying to find ways to, to make a difference. We're speaking on the phone today with Steve Hoover. The film that we're discussing is his. It's called Blood Brother. It's going to be screening as part of a fundraiser for not only Global Visions Film Festival, but HIV Edmonton. And that'll be happening on Sunday, December 1st at 6.45 p.m. It's a single screening, so you want to make sure you come down and uh, support not only the film, uh, but Global Visions uh, and HIV Edmonton as well. Steve, maybe are there other ways that uh, I know people can connect with it? They can check out the website if they want to find out more about Blood Brother. Uh, you also have Twitter. So maybe talk about uh, how people can get connected with the film and, and maybe learn a little bit more about it. Our website, bloodbrotherfilm.com, has a lot of information. Um, people can even host a screening. Uh, we have our distribution set up for Tug through Tug, Inc., which basically allows anyone to host a screening. It takes a little bit of effort to sell a certain number of tickets, or but it's for a great cause. You can host a screening anywhere, really. And uh, Tug is really great at providing resources to help make that a you know successful experience. All the filmmaker profits are being donated to AIDS initiatives. Uh, we're partnered with Red Hot Organization and Arms Around the Child. We're donating to those organizations, but we're also donating to straight to rocking the kids. And uh, our goal is to help the kids develop into adulthood. Because with the introduction of, of AIDS medication, the kids are living longer, and we want them to have you know, successful lives outside of the institution. So we're, you know, we're developing a lot of programs where to make that possible. Great way is to connect with us uh, through our website and through Facebook. And, and our goal is to keep people engaged with what we're doing, with the, the money from the film. Uh, we want people to, to see it. We want the story to continue, and we want people to be inspired if, by those things if they're interested. Our guest on the show today has been Steve Hoover, director of the film Blood Brother. You can catch it once again. It's at the Met, and that'll be on Sunday, December 1st. Uh, Steve, thanks for being a guest on the show, an incredibly moving film. I'm, uh, I'm sure you've already experienced that many, many times over, and uh, fortunately now someone, some people in Edmonton are going to be able to experience that too. So uh, thank you very much for all the hard work. Great. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I don't have a problem with killing. Ali Ali Oxen Free! Get out here, you little son of a bitch! Just please leave me alone. Please. <laughs> You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Joining me on the phone today on Moving Radio is Connie Massing. And, uh, you know, she's the first of, of maybe hopefully a once-a-month feature that we're going to be having on people either associated or artists from FAVA. That's right. That's the Film and Video Arts Society of Alberta. Connie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Christian. 
Yeah, it's great to have you. One thing that we want to talk about, Connie, for at least for yourself, that's coming up in the new year here, which is uh, is very very soon, is that you're doing a screenwriting workshop for Fava. Um, maybe do you want to talk to us a little bit about that workshop and give people a preview of what they can expect if they sign up for it, because it begins in January of 2014. One of the great things about the workshop is that it takes place over an extended period of time because we've built a couple of writing breaks into the screenwriting workshop. So we begin late January. I believe the final day is Tuesday, April 14th, right? Over that extended period of time, anyone who's in the workshop has an opportunity to develop an idea and maybe get a start on writing it. Now, that said, my experience with this workshop is that everyone comes with ideas that are at a different point of development. And I try to accommodate that in the workshop. Some people come with an idea that they would like to develop into a strong premise for a film or a television series. Other people have come to the workshop with a complete draft that they'd like to workshop. There's probably a dozen people working at different levels and at different stages of their projects. And I find that that's great for everyone involved, right? Because they get to see someone who's further along than they are or someone who's just wrestling with the premise. I think that's fantastic, too, because, you know, I mean, you get people coming from different places and, and at, uh, I guess, different spots on whatever the project they're trying to create. And it sounds like uh, not only are you going to be there to help uh, guide them through this journey, but also they're, they're going to be able to, you know, connect with their classmates as well. Yes, and I have found in the past that that has certainly happened and that participants in the course end up placing great value on the feedback they receive from everybody around the circle, right? I try to set up an atmosphere in which the feedback is clear and critical, but all done in an atmosphere of support. As you look around the room, you have a lot of different opinions about anything you're working on, which (laughs) I have to make sure that doesn't become chaotic, of course, but um, or confusing. But usually it's positive. We're speaking on the phone today with Connie Massing, and we're also discussing we're discussing a uh, screenwriting workshop that she's going to be uh, part of. That she's going to be leading, I guess, as uh, as part of FAVA. That's the Film and Video Arts Society of Alberta. Uh, if you're a member, uh, it'll cost you a little bit less. If not, become a member, and uh, you get a nice price break on this writing workshop. Connie, uh, maybe talk to us a little bit about what you think are some of the greatest challenges that you see people having uh, in trying to get either their screenplay or their idea fully formed. What are some of the biggest issues that you find people run into that they need help with? That's a good question. Um, Well, I think that there can be a variety of issues, of course. I think one temptation that we all feel as writers is to leap into a project, into the actual writing of a project before you're ready. A lot of writers feel um, that they'll work out the story as they write it. And, you know, honestly, there's no hard and fast rules about anything, right? Some writers are able to do that. They're able to get a twinkle in their eye, uh, an idea of some sort, and leap right into the first draft and and, uh, race to the finish. Most writers, however, are... um, far better off spending more time front-end loading the idea, uh, outlining, thinking about it, shaping the premise before you leap into the actual writing of the draft. So I would say that's a challenge for people. I think that one of the other things that I bump up against 
in these kinds of courses is that if you're an emerging writer or less experienced, sometimes it's hard to tell what the scope of your idea is. So you have a notion about what you want to write, but maybe you're not experienced enough to know that it's not enough story for a feature or that it's actually more suited to television or, you know. So the challenge of placing the idea in the right in the right uh, universe and scoping out the story. How much how much material do you have? How much material do you need? And is it a short film? Is it a long film? So that's another challenge. Structure, I think that one of the most consistent things is running up against the um, bog of the second act of any story. <laughs> uh, often people have an idea, a strong idea about the beginning and they have a notion of where they want to get to or... Um, the ending of the story, but it's the real challenge, the writing challenge is getting us, the audience there, in a satisfying sort of way, which I would refer to as a second act issue. Uh, we're speaking on the phone today with Connie Massing. We're discussing screenwriting, a screenwriting workshop she's going to be a uh, part of, and that's going to be happening at the Film and Video Arts Society of Alberta. That's right, it's FAVA, and that begins in January of next year. Connie, um, maybe let's just, I mean, you've kind of given a little bit of an outline of, of what people can expect in kind of a general way, and it sounds like it's kind of catered to wherever you're at, um, making it very accessible for a wide range of people. Would that be fair to say? Yeah. I think that's probably sometimes the issue at times is that people maybe come in there and they have a preconceived notion that there's a bit of an intimidation factor about their own work because, you know, we all feel a little bit insecure about that. Uh, how do you kind of like ease people into this and make them feel comfortable uh, about the class? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Uh, I think I try to set up an atmosphere at the beginning of the course in which people feel comfortable taking the risk to share their process and share their mistakes. This course is set up so that I think the only requirement is that the writers come with an idea in mind. And I think it's quite unlikely that you would come to a course like this unless you had something planned uh, or some notion that you were already brewing about. I think it's really just a matter of setting up an environment in which people feel comfortable about the reception that their work is going to get when they bring it to the table. So hopefully I can do that. Tell us a little bit about your connection uh, with FAVA and maybe uh, what capacity it holds for you as an artist and, and maybe some of the things that it's afforded you to be able to do and, uh, and how it helps you complete work. I think FAVA is terrific, of course. I have a long association with FAVA. I've had uh, several projects that had sort of gone through the mill there, meaning, you know, We've accessed their equipment and uh, their studio for various projects. So that's been a wonderful, <clears throat> wonderful resource in the community for so many people, including me. Uh, just recently, I co-produced a short film. We used FABA equipment and did one day of our shoot in the studio there. And um, there were many people involved in the shoot who have a connection to FABA. So um, it was a real reflection of that rich FAVA community, the whole project. So that's a recent connection. We just 
wrapped at the end of October, and we're in post right now. Well, as we're kind of on that trail, and maybe uh, let's talk a little bit about your own work. Uh, maybe for people who are listening and uh, you know are hearing of you, or maybe a fava for the first time, uh, where could they maybe get uh, an idea or a taste of some of the work that maybe you've done in the past before, and uh, and you know check out a little bit about yourself. I am. I started out as a playwright. So it's probably easier to find my work as a playwright in the coming year. I will. Um, I have a play going into production at Workshop West Theatre in Edmonton, uh, which opens at the end of March. And the film that I referred to that I co-produced will be, I believe it will be screened at Fava Fest in March um, because the director won an award, a production award at last year's Baba Fest, and I believe part of the deal is you have to uh, show up the following year with your finished product. It, it's always good to have homework and a due date. Yes, or nothing would happen, really. I just kind of float around, really. Connie, you know, you've got uh, clearly a rich history of, uh, of writing behind you uh, and clearly also invested in the Edmonton art scene, which is great. Uh, I encourage anybody, uh, you know, depending on what level you're at, uh, Connie will be more than able to help you and also the other people in the room looking to help you as well with your project, um, whatever uh, it may be or what level it's at. Uh, there will be assistance there for you and a great place to probably hash out some ideas and, and uh, you know, pick some brains in the room as well. The workshop is going to be taking place at the Film and Video Arts Society of Alberta. That's right, that's FAVA, and you can hit them up online at fava.ca. Uh, but you want to get on top of this soon because the workshop starts uh, in January of 2014. Our guest today has been Connie Massing. Connie, uh, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. We really appreciate your time. You're welcome, Christian. Yeah, best best of luck in the new year uh, with a brand new short, which I'll be looking forward to in March to checking out, and uh, and also a new show at Workshop West. Do you want to tell us what the name of the show is? It's called The Invention of Romance. There you go. Book your calendars, people. Yeah, it's a, really. It's a busy March for you then. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. All right. Catch Connie Massing in uh, in March. She'll be running around, not like sleeping a, crazy a lot. Person. Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, thanks for your time, Connie. Thank you, Christian. Bye. Everyone has a birthday they'll always remember. Can we open my presents now, Mommy? A good guy! I know it! Hi, <laughs> I'm Chucky. He's something, isn't he? This is Andy's. Time for bed, Andy. Can I baby? Can I get Everyone knows most accidents happen at home. How did that happen? This is no accident. Andy! I'm Detective Mike Norris. Homicide. Miss Peterson's dead. She fell from the kitchen window. Someone's moved in with the Barclay family. And so has terror. Uh, I'm sitting, of course, in the lobby DVD video store. It's Blu-rays, too. You know what? It's all your horror and genre needs store. But that's too big to fit on the actual front of the store. Right, Kev? It's so true. You know, I actually thought about changing the name when, I, when Blu-rays came out. But you know, it just didn't have a flow to it. You know? No. Lobby DVD shop. Lobby yeah. Blu-ray 
DVD and some VHS <laughs> or I'll just be the movie pawn store at this point. Yes. I don't know. Give me your goods. I'll take them all. It's been weird, man. Later, there's been a heavy donation of VHS tapes coming to my store. So have you been soliciting yourself for them or they just they know what's coming? I you know, I haven't been soliciting. <clears throat> Maybe uh, they are trying to sneak there. They're just trying to clear out their places. And they might have heard the rumors and the buzz that we're attempting to make a monstrosity of a movie about the last video store next year. And we might need some VHS tape props. So instead of recycling bin, they can recycle them to us, I suppose. But, you know, funny story. Actually, I had a, a couple of people come in last week. This couple, and I think the boyfriend was obsessed with showing his girlfriend Poltergeist. And she's mm-hmm. never seen it. I'm like, well, I got it right here, man. He's like, no, no, I need, do you have VHS of Poltergeist? I'm like, VHS? He's like... I want to show it to her the way I remember seeing it as a kid. I'm like, mm-hmm. and I look over at my small pile. And, <laughs> yeah, oh, like, yeah, it was there. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. It's sitting right there in the old school MGM big mm-hmm. berserker style case. And he's like, how much you want for it? And I'm like, well, I'll sell it to you if I was a collector. So that's the way it's got to be. For it, but you know bad. what? He left happy and he was a first time customer. So I'm like, he'll be back. It's <laughs> luck of the draw, totally. They always come back. They, they, unless it's too cold out. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, well, let's get to the business at hand, I guess, right, Kev? Is that we want to talk about the next upcoming Dead Fest screening, which I think is uh, perfect for the time of year. You know, if you're not going to have Killer Santas, you might as well have homicidal dolls, right? Absolutely. You know, it's funny. This is our fifth year of doing the monthly screenings, so we're really running out of Christmas movies here. There's only so many. many, I mean, we don't want to (laughs) scrape the bottom of the barrel and go like, well, you know, we haven't showed Santa slaves yet. We actually thought about that for about, I think, 30 seconds. And we all sat around like, nah. Nah. And I feel bad because I got some buddies that work on that movie, but... They got paid. Don't they, feel bad you know for what, them, Kevin. Right. They, they, <laughs> they got paid. So we thought, well, you know, why don't? Because the 25th anniversary, we showed Child's Play. Um, hot off the heels of, of The Curse of Chucky just coming out a couple months ago, which was surprisingly a good movie for the fifth sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, it's not a Chris movie technically, but it takes place in the wintertime in Chicago. And there are gifts uh, given. And, you know, so, yeah. I think it's time to let uh, little Charles Lee Ray and that Chucky doll back into our hearts. And I, I think the, uh, the the interest that's already come out of announcing this, it, it's one of those movies that people are nostalgic to because uh, it reminds them of their childhood. That was, you know, I mean, I was uh, a little bit older, so my, my, my horror movie days were early 80s, but a lot of my buddies, it was the late 80s when they started getting into horror movies mm-hmm. as kids. And, you know, they obviously weren't old enough to experience this movie in the movie theater, or maybe they weren't even born yet. Wow, I feel old now. But either way, mm-hmm. um, it seems to be a great choice. People are really excited about it. And, um, again, even though it's not technically a Christmas movie, mm-hmm. I think it's definitely going to have a, a very uh, a merry, kind of warming kind of vibe when everybody gets together to drink our uh, beloved uh, adult beverages and um, sit back and uh, go back to 1988. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's that's one of the romantic things about it, clearly, is that you get to, like, you know, revisit the past for yourself, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But if you've been watching some of the newer movies, uh, then you'll be like, what? There's only one killer doll? 
Yeah. Uh, it's like, yes, that's how it started. There was only one. There wasn't mm-hmm. an entire family of them, yeah. That's true. And actually, if we, you know, not that we need to pump up Curse of Chucky that much, no. but with the last one, they definitely tried to bring it back to the original Child's Play vibe where, you know, you're not two minutes into the movie and Brad Dorff's already, you know, throwing one-liners out there like uh, Freddy mm-hmm. Krueger or nothing, you know? Like, they tried to build off the whole, the doll was there, and now it's over there, and they just kept you going, kept you on the edge until that thing finally sprung to life. And, um, well, let's be honest. I mean, even though it's just his voice, Child's Play is a movie that I don't think could be done without Brad Dorff being involved. Anybody else yeah. who has that voice, it just, it, it'd be like, no, this isn't right. It's not the same thing. And then, of course, everybody talks about Brad Dorff, but my man Chris Sarandon being in it, mm-hmm. totally uh, under underappreciated uh, cat in the in the, the, the genre of uh, horror movies. Fright I mean, Night. We yeah. you've screened Fright Night as well. That's right. We have screened Fright Night, and then, uh, geez, I guess after Child's Play, we'll have to squeeze in room to show Bordello of Blood down the road, <laughs> so we get the uh, Chris Sarandon like trifecta of awesomeness, mm-hmm. which would be pretty sweet. And of course, then we got. Um, uh, oh man, I'm brutal right now. Her name's <laughs> slipping me. Uh, Catherine. Catherine Heigl. No. No, dude, Catherine Heigl. <laughs> like, who we think No, of. she was she was Shatner's girlfriend in Star Trek Four, And, um, Oh, yeah. yeah. I know you're talking about. She's got the blonde yeah. perm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't remember her name, though. I know. We'll just call, him Cap- we'll call her Captain Kirk's girlfriend, Help Save the Whales. That's right. Yeah. But She's the whale whisperer, dude. The whale dude. whisperer. That's yeah. right. Um, I love Star Trek Four. It was good. Um, <laughs> I thought you were saying there was a 10-year-old Catherine Heigl in this film or something. <laughs> no. <laughs> Unless Andy had a girlfriend we didn't know about. That's possible. Yeah, no kidding. Um, no, nah, but bottom line, this movie should be a lot of fun to show. And um, I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but we're, we're trying to, to figure out maybe a Toys for Tots kind of thing. It's around Christmas, and it'd be really cool to do, especially with the whole doll theme. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll update our website. Uh, we'll know the day of. So the actual screening date of this movie is Friday, December 13th. And it's going to be at 11.30 at night. I know it's a little bit later, but it's a quick-paced, woolly berserker movie. And uh, it should be a feel-good, fun time. And it should bring back a lot of old-school memories, maybe if you saw something when you were a kid. But, uh, you know, watching it with one or two hundred people in the theater is just going to be a, a nice vibe. And um, we'll probably have a couple uh, short film surprises in front of it, too, to really bring in the, uh, the Christmas spirit, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and also because we're, we're pimping out stuff all over the place, it is the Christmas season. And, uh, recently and it's, it's gone pretty good. We did the big film festival. We did that last month screening. Um, if you're hurting for like, what should I buy my friends for Christmas? Uh, my shop will have a table set up once again, a dead fest. I'll be selling some, uh, my fine DVDs and Blu-rays, which would make fine stocking stuffers, I must say. And, uh, gift certificates as well. So... You heard it here first. Nothing, nice. nothing says Yuletide season than like rape revenge or animals attack kind of <laughs> movies. You know. I like that you immediately went to rape revenge. <laughs> this has happened before on your show. Yeah, yeah, it has. But <laughs> <laughs> it's always foremost in your mind in the largest section in the shop. Yeah. It. Um, what can I say? They just don't make them like they used to. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, that's what I was going to say, too, is that uh, I guess the other part of this, too, is that you can come see the screening, but, uh, you know, this the next few weeks is probably a good time to come see you if, uh, you know, you want to order stuff, mm, yes. uh, you know, that you have titles. Because, of course, companies are putting stuff out at the beginning of December, but you guys have, you know, you have tons of stuff down here that uh, would be great for, uh, you know, passing on some Yuletide joy to the movie fan in your life. 
Uh, tons of new stuff coming out, so people should come check you out. Now, I know that they can hit you up on Facebook is one place. I know that you're very connected with that. Um, are there other ways they can get a hold of you? Well, you can try phoning me. As long as my bills are paid, I'll pick <laughs> up. If not, um, you know, try again the next day after I'm done fighting with the phone company. That's right. But yeah, Facebook's a solid way to do it. It's just the Lobby DVD shop on there. Um, you can send me an email at the lobby at shaw.ca. Or you know what? Hey, man, if you're on White Avenue and window shopping anyways, come visit me in the store. I'm on 10815 White Avenue. I'm a basement shop. I'm directly below the Cambridge Daycare Center. The kids will make you hate Christmas upstairs. My <laughs> movies will make you bring the love back for Christmas downstairs. So, All right. Yeah. At Deadfest Kev as well. That's the Twitter Fest handle. Kev. Yeah, that is. And there's also a Deadfest account too. Yes, Deadfest. Uh, and if you want to get crazy, House of Heathens, if you want to know more about the last video store. Yeah, baby. It's an exciting year. I don't want to toot, my, don't want to toot, uh, toot the horn too much, but... Uh, if you're regular dead fest as the monthly screenings go on 2014 um we're, we're going to be looking for some uh, awesome help out there possibly as we uh, t- attempt to tell this amazing feature-length story about the last video store on earth in this wacky surreal world that will be the perfect tribute to everything 80s and early 90s that never was good enough to go to theaters but always went direct to vhs or dvd and i promise All right, that about wraps it up for this week's edition of Moving Radio. Lots of things to check out this week. Uh, Old Boy, if you're intrigued, the remake by Spike Lee starring Josh Brolin. I think it'd be worth checking out. I mean, clearly it's never going to be superior to the original, but I'm willing to take it for a spin. And there's a couple of other interesting things to check out as well. Of course, Blood Brother, which screens Sunday, December 1st at the Metro Cinema, a one-time only screening at 645, and proceeds go to Global Visions as well as HIV Edmonton. Also worth checking out is Philomena, that's the new Stephen Frears film, and it's playing at the Princess Theatre. If you like the Steve Coogan and Dame Judi Dench, it is worth your while. And coming up soon at the Metro Cinema as well, some interesting stuff. Uh, Bastards, which played as part of the Edmonton International Film Festival, not for the faint of heart, but totally worth your while as well as a film that I wish would have played EIFF, but was at South by Southwest earlier in the year, Short Term 12. Uh, Cleaned up some hardware at South by Southwest as well, so it is totally worth checking out. And, of course, you can learn more about what's happening at the Metro Cinema at metrocinema.org. And if you want to find out more about Connie Massing's class that she's going to be teaching about screenwriting, check out fava.ca. Of course, if you want to check out old episodes of Moving Radio, you can go to iTunes or SoundCloud. Just put in the keyword Moving Radio and you will find it. As well, you can follow me on Twitter at Moving Radio and on Instagram at Moving Radio as well. But coming up next, stay tuned to CGSR because it is the finest in feminist radio. It's Adam and Eve. <laughs> 